Good evening and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan Camilleri. And I'm Laura McKillop. We'd like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our live weekly Q&A. Tonight we are fortunate enough to be speaking with Matt Sherwood from Marista Kelpies. Matt will be picking who he thinks has asked the best question of the night and they will win a bag of Enduro Plus high energy food for working dogs with real kangaroo meat. Hey Matt, how are you going? Good, thanks. That's the way. How's your day, mate? How to progress? Yeah, good thanks. Yeah, just putting out putting out all the rams with the ewes today. So yeah, good day. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And what um what breed of rams and ewes are you guys running there? Um, so this joining now is merino to merino, and then we do a we do a, a joining for a for an autumn lamb of uh, Paul Dorset to merino, but that'll slowly get get phased out so we'll just keep improving like building the the merino numbers so yeah so do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself where you're from what you do day to day yep yep so um yeah i grew up on the central coast and um i left home when i was about 16 i went to um went to ag college at tokau um spent a couple of years there and then went jackarooing when uh, jackering at Mungadale on the Riverina, Danny uh, Hay, and then from there, sort of went into some station hand jobs, sort of around Goulburn, uh, down um, near uh, Bookham as well, and then from there went into managing a sheep stud at Goulburn, and um, I was there for nearly ten years, and then it um, we had to disperse it. It um, the property got subdivided and. Yeah, made my way to Maringo near Young. And um, yeah, I've been here now for sort of, yeah, about four and a half years. And uh, yeah, it's 10,000 acres and we run about 10,000 ewes and about 1,000 breeders. And yeah, there's, we've got four other properties as well where we do a lot of trading and things. So yeah. A bit of a family community there, mate. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. We've got a um, really good team of people and most, oh, we've got a young Jillaroo just started and a, and a young a young guy uh, that's a single guy, but then we've got a lot of families around, so it's a, it is a really good community in that. So it's, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So growing up on the Central Coast, where did your passion for livestock and working dogs come from, mate? Um, I guess when, oh, probably when I was real young, I, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do, and then we had some good family friends that, we're on a place near near Goulburn at Big Hill and we went down there to catch up with them a few times and yeah I just I just really just sort of called to me I guess and then um, the guy that was there he he went to Tokal and I thought oh well that's something I can do you know I, I sort of couldn't wait to get out of school really so I <laughs> it was sort of the compromise to to go and sort of further my studies but sort of do something with it went to ag and yeah, I just, I just absolutely fell in love with it. So, um, yeah, couldn't think of doing anything else now. Obviously, you love the colder climate as well. Come from the Central Coast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I don't like the humidity up there when I go up there. So, um, no, I much prefer the – well, Goulburn, I, I'm happy not to be at Goulburn anymore because it's it's terrible for weather, but young, young is really nice. So, yeah, it's perfect. It's not much better, I wouldn't think. I think it's good. <laughs> it always seems to rain whenever I go, but did you ever consider doing anything different? Uh not not really. Um I guess before when I before I sort of decided to go there, I was sort of dancing around the idea of um maybe um maybe like a customs officer or something like that but as soon as I had sort of sort of found that was kind of it then like I sort of had a bit of a one-track mind after that so yeah and and when you um got into livestock and dogs mate was there someone that inspired you um yeah I guess um I guess sort of what got me sort of thinking about the dogs first was when I was at uh, when I was at college, um, Neville King actually came and did like a, I think it was like a one or two day sort of uh, sort of section of the of the course and brought his dogs out and I thought, oh, that's that's like really cool. I, I'd really dig that. And then so I sort of was really keen to get into the dogs. And then I was really lucky when I got to 
my first job, that the um, the livestock manager there, uh, a fellow named Mark Davy, he was, um, yeah, he was right into the dogs and, yeah, really, really good hand. And so I guess he really probably, yeah, showed me what could be and, yeah, he probably got me really thinking about dogs and, and showed me a lot and that's probably where I really got started, I guess. So, yeah. And um, you mentioned before you've worked on a few different properties um, and obviously we, you do commit a lot of your time to judging um, in trials, which we'll touch on a bit later, but um, you've had a lot of exposure to different stock handling people in the, hand, in the industry. Have you noticed any difference in stock handling since um, moving around and seeing a few different things along with your judging? Um, uh, I'm still pretty young. Like, I'm a, well, youngish, I'm 39, but... Um, I, I guess I, I, I think I, probably not so much stock handling in my time, but I have seen that more people are putting more handle on their dogs nowadays. So I think maybe the dog handling is improved from what I've seen. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't probably not so much with the stockmanship. I couldn't really, couldn't really comment, but yeah, no, I have worked with some, I, I was really lucky in a few of my jobs. I've worked with some really good, um, really good dog people, um, Nick Anderson and Guy Metcalf and yeah, a few really good fellas along the way, which has been, I've been very lucky. So. Um, what were you going to say? No, no, you're okay. <laughs> is when seeing other people handle stock, is there a particular thing that they might do that makes you turn away or something that makes you. Um, Cringe. Yeah. <laughs> just say it that way. Um. Oh, I'd, probably I do see at trials a little bit, probably more so at trials than I've seen at work. I've generally worked with some, you know, some pretty decent stockmen. I've got a, some good stockmen here now with me. But um, I, I do get very frustrated when I see people at trials getting a bit worked up and getting a bit, you know, start slamming gates and throwing sheep around and that does really annoy me. So, yeah, so, but that's probably it. And what do you think makes a good stock? Man, a stockwoman, mate. Um, I guess just being able to read situations, like, and probably being able to adapt. I, I, it's sort of not one of those things you can learn out of a textbook. You, you know, you can have people show you things, but you've just got to kind of be able to. You, you just got to sort of progress with it, learn, and then if um, if something's not working, learn how to fix it. And then I guess as you go along, you get better at working out what most likely will work the first time and still throws sort of curveballs at you. But I just think, yeah, just just being able to see how the stock react and when to put pressure on, when to take pressure off, where to, where to be, and then, yeah, just be willing. If it's not working, instead of getting cranky and thinking that the stock are doing something wrong or your dog's doing something wrong, just, yeah, maybe adapting, changing position to to fix it, so... Always been aware and on your toes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when handling different breeds of stock, do you believe they should be handled differently um, or do you approach the job the same way? Um, yeah, I guess it's just, well, that's just stock, isn't it? So, like, I guess you start, you know, you, you sort of introduce yourself to the stock you're working, whether it's cows or whether it's, a British breed of sheep or um, or merinos, and I guess when you've worked enough of them, you probably know how to go at it a little bit to start with. But you soon work out if you've got to put more pressure on or take more pressure off, just depending on the class of livestock you're working. So yeah. And and talking about pressure, mate, I've seen you, I've seen you handle a few dogs, mate, and the importance of pressure and relief. You uh, implement that with your livestock the same way you would with your dogs and, and training a dog. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yep, yep, yeah, use pressure and release for if you stock, that's right. When your stock are flowing, you release that pressure and put a bit of pressure on when 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 things aren't working and pressure in the right areas, I guess, is the is the key. So um yeah. So who and what breed was your first dog? Um, so my my I sort of got two dogs nearly at the same time. So I my first dog was actually a Bowenong dog, but it came from Neville King. Um, and he was, he might've been about uh, sort of like 14, 18 months or something like that. Um, 
uh, the friends that I sort of went to at Goulburn when I got started, they bought me my first dog. They, they always wanted to sort of set me up. So they, they helped me out with that. And then I got a pup nearly at the same time from Mark Davey, who's my manager out at Hay. So they're both, yeah, both Kelpies and yeah, black and tan dog, red and tan bitch. So yeah. And, and do you have a style or a type that you prefer? Uh, I guess it's, well, at, at the start, I guess I just, had dogs you know I probably didn't really know at the start what I guess I saw what um what Mark had and I, I liked that at the time and it suited the area and um yeah so I I guess that's sort of where I base things from to start with and then I guess I just had dogs sort of from you know I thought oh that's a good dog or, or a good line of dogs I'll grab that and that and then I guess um as I've gone on I've sort of and, and probably as job changes, I've changed different styles of dogs or worked out what I actually like. And yeah, it's probably the only the last sort of 10 years I've really started to really get a good grasp on what I, what I would like. And yeah, so. And what's that? What do you like, mate? Uh, well, I'd like a dog that, that holds its stock together. And uh, so I do like cover and, and hold. Um, I do like my dogs to be quite natural. Um, I'm not the world's best best trainer, so I like my dogs quite natural. But um, really importantly, I like my dogs to be able to move their stock because sort of that's the that's the name of the game. So hold them together and move them when you when you need to. So so tell us a little bit about the current team you've got. Yep. So I've got um well, got a few older ones, wondering crazy their brother sister, and then um. You know, I've got uh, Dusty and Stella, which is a wonder bitch. And then, um, yeah, I've got a, got a young dog called Mick. So yeah, I've got one in, in three-quarter of a dog called Scotty that, yeah, don't know where he's going to end up yet. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> How do you get three-quarter of a dog, mate? Uh, he's three-quarters of the way there. Probably actually only about half the way there. <laughs> <laughs> And um, you mentioned before about changing, um, you know, with what you've changed with different jobs and the style changing. What's the type of country yep. you're working now? Yep. Does that require a particular style? Yeah, so I guess what, I mean, I still like the same lines of dogs and I still like still breed and sort of select the same I have been. Like when I was, you know, managing the stud, it was a lot smaller property, like small, like quite small paddocks and, different classes of livestock you need something quite sensible um you just didn't want to you know you just didn't want to upset your stock too much and they're too valuable to sort of wreck so you um you wanted something pretty calm and that and then sort of moving to where i am now back into back into like a bigger commercial operation um you just need yeah probably just selecting the same lines but just selecting the ones that have just got a lot more in them i guess um need them to have a really good stamina. That's that's a really important one. And just have probably have a lot of vision on a big mob. That's probably the other the other thing. So yeah. How much time do you reckon a week you'd spend with your dogs? You're just working. Well with working. Yeah. Well they probably work every day. Um because I'm in management like like I'm not always on the ground doing stuff, but I do I would work my dogs every day. Like some days it's it's all day, um, some days maybe half a day or something. Some some days maybe not much at all, but there wouldn't be many days that I don't do some form of stock work. So, yeah. You spend nearly spend more time with your dogs than your family when you when you think about it, right? Just like any coworker. Um, definitely. Well, you sort of barely see them in the mornings, and then you got to you know, get home late, and you've got a couple of hours before you know before the young fella goes to bed, and that, and yeah. Fall asleep on the lounge and you don't spend much time on the walls. You gotta like them. Them. <laughs> That's it. You don't like them and spend that much time with them. And yeah. has a young fella claimed a dog yet, mate? Uh no, no, no. He um I have offered him one, but um, uh, but I've told him with that dog comes responsibilities. So I think he's just he's just very keen to keep riding his motorbike at this stage. <laughs> a lot easier. Do you like a team of similar dogs or um, do you like to have different work styles and abilities? 
Um, yeah, I, I do like to have I do like to have a couple of different dogs in the team, but in saying that, my dogs are all pretty similar. So uh, I think because I think because I like a certain type, and I you know get frustrated by certain things, or if they can't do certain things. So even though in my mind I'm like, oh, I'd, I'd like one of these and one of these, and one of these, just because of the way I am and the way I sort of take myself, I end up with the same sort of dogs. So so they are pretty well all the same. So yeah, they've got different strengths and that, but they are sort of all quite similar. So. And have you had? Has there been a standout or an influential dog that's helped you get to where you are at today as as a handler and a stock stockman? Um. No, I've had, like, I've had, uh, like, I've had lots of different dogs at the start and they were all very, very different. And, um, and I guess they, they were, yeah, they were also different. So they all taught me a lot. And I don't know if I, I don't think I would have any of them in my team now if they came along again, you know, they sort of, they were great at the time and they, they did taught me a lot. Like I had a, one of my sort of first real good dogs was um, a dog called Pedro he was a um, uh, sort of three-quarter Kelpie and about a quarter Border Collie. He looked like an Alsatian. Um, <laughs> he was so ugly, super, super <laughs> ugly. And, uh, but, no, he was he was just really, really smart, really smart, smart dog. He struggled to hold you know, a few sheep together, but really good on a big mob, really good in the scrub and just super smart. Like one of those dogs you just go out for the day and you barely need to even speak to him. It's just, yeah, it was, it was really cool. But yeah, I, I wouldn't have him today. I don't think, but um, he's the sort of dog you'd love to be a young fellow when ruining, like he's just, yeah. So um, yeah. What why is that? You said you wouldn't have him today. Why, what would that be? I just, the, I like the dogs I've got now would do the job better, but yeah, yeah he was a dog that just taught me heaps. So so I guess he was influential in, I guess, showing me what I could be done and what could be done and how I could do things. But yeah, but as far as a, a, yeah, he's just probably not a dog that I'd have these days, sort of thing. But he was a he was a cool dog at the time and probably, um, and I I guess more recently, like obviously Wonder's probably the dog that um, you know, that's probably done the most for me i guess like um yeah been a great work dog great trial dog and um yeah just he's probably he's taught me heaps too so yeah what makes a good sheepdog then um you've got to be Your able to hold them you got to be able to hold them together and move out so i guess um yeah and it i really depends it depends on your on what class of sheep you're working, I guess, but say merinos, like they're a dog that can put enough, put enough on them to move them, you know, when you get to a creek crossing or, or something like that, but is enough be able to take a little bit of pressure off when you have a few, you know, a few weaker ones. Um, yeah. And just be able to, just be able to hold them together. And, and yeah. So and why have you moved towards Collie, uh, the Kelpies, mate? Like have you, you mentioned Pedro there. Uh, is there a reason that you went down the Kelpie path? I guess when I started, everyone around me had Kelpies. So I just kind of did that. Um, I've tried a couple of Collies along the way. Um, seen, I've seen plenty of good Collies. I've seen some great Collies. But um, Collies that I had, had hadn't suited me. Um, and then I just sort of still had Kelpies at the time. It's just been kind of... I guess what I'm doing, it's hard enough to try and breed something of one breed, let alone, you know, trying to, you know, have two breeds trying to sort yeah. of control. So, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't mind what the dog is. I like all dogs. But, um, yeah, certainly just Kelpies have just suited me. So, yeah. Beautiful. You want to grab that one there, Laura? Uh, Mary McCrabb has asked, all livestock can be trained if one is working on the same property and dogs are the best way to train them. If you train sheep and cattle as weaners with dogs, one one works. One's work. One, sorry, one's work is easy for the rest of their lives. Stock people are born with natural instinct to read stock, and so are dogs. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely, and people too. Like, there's there's some people that um 
spend their life working stock. They could work with great people that could teach them a lot of things and then they just just never get it. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that, that's interesting. How um, If you're working with those kind, particular kinds of people, mate, how, how do you go about, one, not doing your head in but encouraging them and, and trying to work with someone like that? Well, I actually, I haven't really worked with any like bad, bad sort of stock people really. Like, I mean, some are definitely better than others, but yeah, like everyone I'm working with at the moment is, yeah, is really, really capable stockmen. So it's, um, yeah, it's great. They're always in the right spot or, or, or a good spot at least. And um, yeah, no, they're, they're all very capable. And I guess I've worked in with other people along the way, but not, not say full time with some. So it, so it hasn't, it hasn't bothered me too much. So yeah, but um. So I haven't probably come across that too much. So, but if if you do, you just try and well, I probably don't step in and try and help them out. But if they want help, I'll definitely give it to them. I'm not one to go offering advice to people that yeah don't don't sort of. You're want a pretty patient kind of um, person. But... Yeah, and I'm pretty chilled out. So yeah. Yeah. Do you believe there are many uh, genuine all-round dogs around at the moment? Oh, he's frozen on us. Oh, that's all right. We'll uh, we'll get him back here. I think we froze last time we asked a question like this as well. Yeah. It's all right. We'll get him back on. Here, here we go. go. We got you now. Yep, get me. <laughs> didn't didn't like the question, mate. Just hung up. Yeah. yeah. Was that me or you? That was you. It was you, but it's all cool. We're we're back now. Rex is probably on the internet, I'd say. <laughs> so we just um, we believe there are many genuine all-round dogs about. Um, I, yeah, I think there's, I think there's a lot of like good or decent all-round dogs around. I don't think there's any, you know, great, great that are like exceptional in every area. But I think there is plenty of yeah, good all-round dogs about. Yeah. And um, I've got a, a few different things here, but, mate, trainability, um, how, how important is having something beautiful for yourself? Yeah, well, it's, be it's become more important to me as I've, as I've gone on. Like, I remember when it was um, a fair few years ago, I used to be sort of obsessed with, um, with temperament and thinking I needed to pick these arrogant puffs that were going to be that were really solid in that. And then you would end up just having arguments with them all day long and just couldn't get in their head to train them. And, um, and I am someone that likes their dogs just to go to work and do their own thing. But I also like to be able to handle them when I, when I want to. And um, I'm just finding now probably yeah, more recently really sort of putting more emphasis on keeping, keeping dogs that are, are good to handle. So, yeah. What is strength to you? Um, strength. Strength is, I guess, the ability for a dog to uh, handle handle pressure. So, a strong a strong dog will just uh, uh, to explain. I guess will just walk calmly to its stock and and hold its hold its ground. Um, you know, like some dogs look look a bit strong, and they'll sort sort of creep in from 20 or 30 metres back really slowly and they, they might, they're not necessarily weak, but not as strong as a dog that can just move in really calmly and freely and, and hold position. So, And how important do you think that is naturally compared to building it up in a pup? Um, I guess for me, like I definitely like, enough strength to say work cattle and you know some classes of uh sheep and things um you need a bit for trolley but uh i don't i don't look for really strong pups i find if they're too strong I, I seem to lose bark and a bit of um you know a bit of distance and other things that i like as well so i i like them to be strong enough um for my job sort of thing so if i see a pup that's like super super strong like i mean i might keep it and have in my mind that's going to make a great cattle dog or something but um i probably just like them to be you know strong enough as a pup and then they just slowly you know with their confidence the strength seems to seems to build but obviously they're strong or they're not it's not something you can teach but 
it is something that develops a little bit over time. So, yeah. What about feel? Feel? Um, yeah, well, yeah, you want a dog with, with good feel for its livestock. So, um, yeah, I guess that, um, yeah, so, um, want them to be able to put the pressure on when it's needed and take it off when it's needed. And yeah, it's, it's very important. And you mentioned, um, pups there before, mate, do you breed many of your own pups? Uh, I breed a few, not heaps. Um, my brother and myself breed together under, under Marista and, um, we probably between us breed one to two litters each year sort of thing. So yeah, so maybe two to, yeah, two or four litters sort of under the under the Marista banner a year maybe. So it depends just it just depends what we've got at the time what we need. So we don't need to um like we don't just breed to sell. It's only when we wanna yeah, want want some more dogs, I guess. So And you wanna tell us a bit about Marista, mate? How how's Marista come to fruition? Um so, so um when I when I was young I had um I had to register some pups. And, um, and I was like, what am I going to call this? And I actually wanted to, I wanted to call my stud Sherwood, but obviously, um, Helen and Neil McDonald's already, already got Sherwood. So I had to think of something else and spare them being about 18 or 19. I thought, oh, fetch them up's a cool name. So, um, so I registered them, fetch them up. And, and then in about quickly grew to hate the name, fetch them up. So, um, uh, I actually came up. Heidi came up with the name Marista, which was just um, some letters out of mine and Chris's name put together. So obviously the MA from Matt, which has to come first, and then a bit of Chris <laughs> in there too. So Chris said it should have thought it was should have been called Cremasti or something like that. <laughs> that sounds like an Italian pizza and pasta shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I reckon that's heaps cool, mate. It's got some meaning and um, yeah. Yeah, some family values yeah. to it. I reckon that's heaps cool, mate. Yeah, definitely. No, we do. Um, we do pretty much like we have. Yeah, very much the same views on um, on dogs and working livestock. And yeah, it's great to have someone to bounce ideas off and talk to all day about dogs. So it's yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah. awesome, mate. We might jump into a few more of these questions here if that's cool with you. Yep. So Tom Brody has asked, when breeding pups, what is the biggest thing you look for in a sire to suit the bitch? Well, the biggest, I guess the biggest thing would be that it's the, the type you're after um, is obviously the, the first thing I'd look at. Like, so if it's a, a good handy dog and then just to, I, I do like to back it up with bloodlines, try and breed, um, try and breed sort of similar in, in lines. So I can sort of, yeah, keep it all gelled together and get a bit of consistency. But saying that I do do, do a few um, sort of um, complementary matings and, um, yeah, a few different lines sort of put in, but I, I do try and stick to the as best I can to the, the, the one type. So, yeah, obviously it's performance that it's the dog that suits. And, um, yeah, and I guess it's really important when you are breeding to make sure you're breeding dogs that, that you really like because I think a lot of people are just kind of following trends or you know a few people take a bitch to a dog that's popular and just doesn't matter what it is just find what you like and just and just sort of go for it so if it doesn't work change or it might take you a bit to sort of work out what you like but yeah just make sure you um you're doing it for you and not for what is trendy <laughs> Nikki West has asked a question. I was just thinking, and um, do you focus more on the bitch um, for breeding or the dog? Uh, both, yeah. I think they're both big pieces of the puzzle. Um, yeah, I think I think they're both both very important. So, yeah, I do hear of different things where um, I do hear of different things where people say, "Oh, the bitch puts in this percentage to its pups," and I, I don't know anything about all that. I just think you've got to have a good quality bitch that's that's the type of bitch and the type of lines you want and a good quality dog that's the type of lines and the and the type of dog you want. So yeah. On that note, Bree Cudmore has asked, what lines do you look for behind your dogs and why those lines? Um what I've worked out after having a few the last um probably the last few years especially I sort of um 
I guess, fell into a few dogs um, and then just worked out that I, I really like, um, like most of my dogs got boss in them. Uh, he's probably a really common, common dog in there, but all my dogs that I've really liked have had um, Louie in there that uh, Jake Nowlin had. And I, and I sort of something I've been thinking more and more about more recently that I'll, I'll probably keep really focusing on that line. It just seems to seems to suit my personality and it seems to to suit my work style. So um, yeah, so yeah, Louis that Jake had would um, I'm trying to think was it? I think it was Demarco Louis. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's um, yeah, that's probably the the line that yeah that's really working well for me. So. And when you're thinking of future joinings, like what, what's your thought process? Like what are you looking for, in particular? Um, I guess, I guess just trying to breed more of the same type and just trying to add something, you know, just trying to improve. And so whether that can be the same lines of the dog and you can just, you know, um, you can just try and find a dog that then has that physical attribute that, that will help you out. Or maybe sometimes you've just got to go a little bit left field with your, with your lines. But I mean, yeah, still would generally, generally, uh, pick, uh, a dog with breeding that's that's similar sort of thing. So yeah, just just try and build on what I've got, I guess. Have you ever gone way left field and gone, wow, that worked? Um, not that I can really think of. But I, I have done a few weird things. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> they and they might, and sometimes they work. You know, in the first generation, and yeah, maybe it just sort of then might be a little bit of the just. Yeah, it starts bringing a bit of inconsistency in your dog. So, yeah. Um, Daniel Pump has asked, would you prefer a dog to move side to side to create movement in a mob, in a big mob? Or, sorry, would you prefer a dog to move side to side to create movement in a mob, big or small, instead of the dog that just walks straight into the bubble of stock? Um, I think you would start with, side to side and walk them in if you needed to i think it yeah like you just sort of got to see what what's working so you just introduce your dog onto the stock and then move them about and uh or let they'll just move themselves about obviously and then you just if something's not working you've got to sort of change what you're doing and yeah so some definitely some some like you know having that little bit more pressure off them and go side to side and get a bit of movement with movement and others yeah are much better off with a little bit of strength and, and walking in there. So I don't ever go out mustering with a, well, I guess you, you've got um, things that work commonly. So that's usually how you go about things, but you just, you go out and you start moving something and you just keep adapting to the works. And there's no real thing where you go out and go, this is how I'm going to do this. You just go out and do it and you just read it. It's sort of instantaneous, I guess. So yeah, like driving a car, like, <laughs> Some of us can't do that either. So, true. True. <laughs> mate, and um, when you are, um, we'll just jump back into the breeding here now. And when you are, um, you know, doing something, is there a particular with your own bitches a particular criteria she has to meet um, for you to go on with breeding her? Um, yeah, I guess she's she's got to be you know, like a good bitch that's working in the way that you do. And obviously if they're in my camp, they already have the the lines that, that I'm looking for. And then, yeah. And then I guess you breed them, you breed them, see how they produce. Um, sometimes maybe the dog might suit and then, um, and then, yeah, you might try another dog if it doesn't suit. Well, then you just sort of think, Oh, well, that, that bitch is just not producing, not on. So um, yes, yeah, so you might can it, but yeah, just, just as long as they're, they're doing things in the way you want them to be done. That that's, I guess the, the, the number one. So. Do you like them to be in a certain headspace or maturity before you breed from them? Not really. No, I just, um, yeah, just, just as, just when I, when they've sort of proven themselves, I guess, and worthy to breed from it. Yeah. That, that's when I do it really. So. Yeah. And how do you pick a pup for yourself, mate? What's your secret recipe? Your secret handshake? Do you, do you look for something? Nothing. Terrible. Nothing. <laughs> what I'm better off to do is, um, yeah, get someone else to pick a pup for me. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not good at it at all. But um, <laughs> no, if I'm picking a pup, I just, 
me and Chris always talk about, we just try and pick the cool ones, you know, the ones you can know, just, um, yeah, just I, I definitely always pick something with a good temperament. And as I was probably saying before, like I used to probably, I used to always pick those really arrogant ones, um, thinking that, oh, yeah, I'm going to have this really tough dog and that. And more like they are tough, but they're really tough to break in. So I, um, so probably just something that's a, a, you know, instead of being that really, um, you know, arrogant pup that's doing its own thing, I probably do look for one that's a little bit friendly and, um, yeah, just one that I like. You know, you just get that one that sticks out at you, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not good at it at all. <laughs> Uh, Nikki West has asked, do you consider temperament of the bitch as they pass their traits um, on in the first six weeks? Um, well, if I would never, I would never breed from a bitch with a bad temperament. So, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I probably That's haven't thought of it. I probably, yeah, it answers the question. I never, I guess I've never really thought that I bred with a bitch with a bad temperament. So I wouldn't know sort of otherwise, like just from what I consider a good temperament, I guess. But um but yeah, so um, tem temperament is huge for me. I, if you haven't, you can have all the ability in the world. If the temperament's not right, oh, it's just temperament so 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 crucial. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And, and what do you think about um, we see now a lot of AI in using dogs that have been dead for a while compared to using something you know current? Have you got an opinion on any of that? Um, I've just done a little bit of collecting myself and have done. Some collecting over the years but yeah only for my own just more so for a bit of insurance in case something happens to one of my dogs um yeah i think you know maybe well like for me, me the bitches are related to my dogs so i can't really like even though i do a little, little bit of line breeding and and things like that they're, they're just way way close so um so i can't really use that dog at the minute until i get another bitch so i guess to be able to revisit a dog or have the bitch there that, um, yeah, that might have it five years down the track once the dog's gone, that, that'd that be great. I mean, as a as a stud, like, say, in the stud sheep game when I was in it, like, you wouldn't use you wouldn't use semen after oh, two years, three years, because that's in the past and you should be moving forward. But I do feel dogs are a little different to that. So, it, yeah. But um, but generally, as a stud, well, you, you, you would hope you're moving forward all the time. Um, but yeah, yeah, dogs, I don't know, dogs do a little different to that. So, but, um, but it is, it is a point though, I suppose you should be moving forward, but yeah, I think, I think the difference is it's rarer to get a very good sire. So, um, so I guess when one does come along that is producing, you know, those traits, it is probably good to put some away. So, yeah. Uh, Ryan Johnson's asks, do you have an end goal with your breeding or something you're breeding your dogs towards? Um, I guess, I mean, I'm still very new at it, so I'm still finding my feet. I feel like I'm just really sort of getting my idea and starting to breed a few dogs that are that are closer to where I want to be. But um, I don't think I'll ever, I'll never have an end goal. Like I'll always be improved. But I guess, I, so, yeah, I am trying to work forward, but I guess, um, but just trying to like, yeah, probably closer to um, having a tie now, I guess, so. Yeah. Uh, very cool, mate. And, mate, what advice would you give to anyone wanting to purchase their first dog or a pup? Um, I guess it's hard when you're young. When I was young, I didn't know what I wanted because, like, you just haven't experienced anything to know. But I guess the first, the first thing is to go, okay, where am I going to be working? Like, am I working merinos? Am I working in the hills? Am I going to be doing a lot of yard work? All that sort of stuff. So, I guess um, try and do some research. Research is pretty easy now with um, with things like Dog Talk and that, obviously, and um, Facebook and that. So, just um, yeah, find out who's breeding dogs or doing similar work to you, and um, maybe someone with a similar personality to you that's breeding dogs. And yeah, just try and just get one and go for it. Then you just might have to try a couple really and find out what you actually do like. So, or what does suit you. Because you might like something, but it mightn't suit you. You might, yeah, like when you're sitting back at the other side of the fence, you, you look into that that guy working that dog over there, or that girl working the dog over there, and you go, "Oh, that I love that dog. That's what I want." Then you you start working, and you just find it doesn't it doesn't work. So yeah, you, yeah you've got to, just got to experience a few. So yeah, 
you don't realise how high the blood pressure is of that bloke working that dog. That's right. <laughs> Would you do anything different if you were starting out now? I don't no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I'm sort of I'm sort of happy how I've come through. I guess like just started out started out at the, the very bottom. Um, you know, jackarooing and just working my way up slowly and um yeah, and just um yeah, just sort of just starting slowly, not getting too big too soon. And so I, you know, haven't got those pressures on myself. I can just experience and learn and not feel, yeah, not feel any pressure. Just yeah, be able to take it all in. So you're pretty chill ass kind of dude. I love it. <laughs> I wish I I wish I could take a couple of uh chill pills like you, mate. My head's skinning. <laughs> mate, we might jump into a bit of trialing now. Um, mate, how long have you been trialing? Yeah. Uh, so I did my my very first trial when I was 19, so I'm 30, 39, so uh, 20 years. But yeah. I, I did a few, like when I started, I probably did like say two or three a year, just some local ones and that. And then I sort of, um, yeah, probably might have done a year or two without trialing sort of at the start and then um, properly started up. Uh, I think Rex was when Rex was born. So probably so was that 14, 14 and a half years ago sort of thing. So that's when I really sort of kicked into it. And um, yeah. What type of trialing do you do? Um, well, most of it, definitely at the start and sort of most of the early days, um, yard trialing and still mostly yard trialing. But I do try and get to, to a couple of utilities and, a couple of probably more so cattle dog trials. I I do more than utilities, but um, but yeah, yard yard mainly. So I'll do more more utility and cattle. Just um, it's just doing it in between doing the yard trials and yeah, just and everything else that goes on. And anyone that doesn't really know Matt, uh, Matt gives up a lot of his time to do a lot of judging as well. But tell us what why why do you give up so much of your time to judge and, and tell us a bit about it. Um, oh, I just get asked, I suppose. I, like I just, yeah, people just ask me and then I'm happy to do it. Like I can't always, can't always do it. And sometimes I do want to compete. So I, so I do turn the other one down, but yeah, and no, I'm happy to judge. I, I, I do enjoy judging and, um, sort of got a bit of a sort of style, I guess, a little bit of a different style to some other people. And so I, um, I am happy to judge that to try and sort of maybe, um, show some people sort of where I'm coming from, which I try and keep it really, um, I guess, just try and really promote stockmanship and, you know, maybe not be so technical. I mean, obviously you've got to be technical to some point because it's the rules and it's and there's reasons those rules are all there. But I just I guess, um, yeah, I'm just happy to sort of put out what I do. And, um, yeah, I, I do enjoy it. And you, you really learn a lot. You watch you watch dogs and handlers in such a different way when you're judging than what you do when you're sitting there. Like you, you might feel like you're sitting there and watching someone when you're, you know, just on the outside. When you get in that ring, you really watch every single move, and you didn't, you barely blink for for eight or nine hours, and you re, and you see how people after people coming out are doing things. Like it just teaches you so much, so much. So, yeah. Mm. On that, um, Bree Cudmore has asked, in your judging um, career, is there a certain dog or dog handler team whose run or runs have stood out to you as a highlight? Um, what about it made them stand out, stock sense, the bond between dog and handler or the dog's ability sort of thing? Um, there's probably got a few people that I would, you know, that I've sort of really rated over the years, um, like uh, Chris Stapleton, Bill Luff, um, Dan Incher, um, Jake Nowlin, uh, yeah, some really, really good ones. But, uh, the one guy that, um, that I've just really enjoyed judging and he, well, he, yeah, he always surprised me. He just works a trial so, so well is Justin Toombs. I just, yeah, yeah his timing and his, his, oh, he's really clever, really clever. So, um, yeah, he's probably, uh, judged him for a win at the Australian a couple of years ago and, 
uh, actually, and in New South, I think he won in New South under me as well, and um, and and a few others. He's just he's just really clever. He reads reads the situation really well, and his his timing is just spot on. So yeah, yeah, he's he's probably the guy I've just yeah I've probably blown my mind a few times. So yeah, I hope he's not watching. Cool. Sorry, Matt, we just sipped them for some questions here. Um, uh, Ryan Johnson has asked, do you think that all do you think all the judging that you do around nowadays has had an influence on your breeding, dog selection or training? And if so, what's the biggest advantage to you? Um yeah, yeah, it's a really yeah, you definitely get to see um, as I said before, just um you watch so many dogs, how they do things, how they go about it. You just start, I guess, compiling this thing in your um, in your mind of what you like and how things are being done. Um, yeah, so you um, definitely, yeah, definitely. So um, it's it's helped me find a, a lot of dogs over the year. And obviously, I don't base my, I definitely don't base my breeding off um, off dog trials, but and. Obviously, it's it is a sport and it's not real work, but you can see a lot of good traits when you're at a dog trial, and then obviously you do your homework and and then work out if that is the dog dog or lines for you. So, yeah, but I I much prefer to focus my like they've got to be good at home. That's that's number one, and um, it's just a good sport. But I I've always found my my best dogs at home have been my uh, best trial dogs. So. Uh, very cool. And just on that last note, I'll, uh, I might have to record that bit about Toomsy tomorrow and I'll send it to him in a message and get him to blush. Mate, uh, what makes a good trial? Um, makes a good trial, oh, I guess a good, a good judge, a good course, um, and just good people. That are, that are with good sportsmanship, I suppose. So good atmosphere. So um, yeah, they're probably the probably the big ones. So stock doesn't really matter. You just whatever stock you get, you just work them, and yeah, they'll suit some people's dogs and not others. So you just yeah, as long as um, yeah, as long as you're there having a good time with your mates, that's all that really matters. So, mate, and um, I asked earlier about you judging, and and obviously they're about a good trial, and you've judged some of the biggest trials around in the last month. Uh, and you said that people just ask you, mate, hats off to you. People don't just ask you for the sake of asking you. They obviously ask you because they respect you as a judge. So don't take that lighthearted either. Um, just take that as a bit oh, of a so. pin on the chin or chest. Uh, not the chin. <laughs> chin. Um, but, yeah, no, obviously they ask you for a reason, mate. Don't, don't uh, downplay that at all. You should be proud of that. Cheers. Do you have a favourite trial to participate in or you'd like to go to? Um um, one of my favourite trials when it was up and running, they had um, a trial down at uh, Jindabyne. Uh, it was in the, it was undercover down there at a horse complex, and um, that was probably that was probably my favourite trial. I used to really really enjoy that one. Um, they had a bar up upstairs, and yeah, like after after a couple of runs, you can go and sit up there and watch everyone else. It was it was really good. But um, the trial I went to on the weekend, um, just gone uh, the. Um, Supreme Stock Dog, that was um, that was probably the best trial I've ever been to. That was just unbelievable. Like, yeah, so well run, and it was it was fantastic. Really, really good. So, um, yeah, Dalgetty and um, Dalgetty and West Wylong put on a, a really good show too. And and Geary Geary was good the other day as well. So yeah. And while we're talking about great trials, um, there you've actually hosted a, a great trial there in the USD, mate. Will will we see it again? Um, I'm kind of seeing it again now, I guess, with a few other yes. people running them, but um, which is awesome. Like, it's very, um, very flattering that a, um, a few other people have um, started running them, which is, yeah, which is really, really good. And um, I never say never, but it's sort of we, we only we only stopped because obviously we had to move from Goulburn when we had to move, and um, so we went from the area that we we're in where we were running it. You know, we had the stock and the setup and that, and. When we moved, you know, we continued it, but we came into drought and it was just very hard to get, um, well, people away from feeding stock and things or even just sourcing sourcing stock. So 
we kind of pulled up and then it, it got very easy not to not to run them but um there were a lot of work but um but it was enjoyable it was always enjoyable but yeah look at this stage it won't be the near future anyway but i'll never say never so yeah so you guys um are running a training school coming up soon um where has that come from uh well it mainly really just came from with so we ran a little trial at Maringo last year and um, we were thinking that we'd like to just set up a permanent setup um, for the for the community. So we thought we'd want, we wanted to raise some money. And um, so Chris, my brother's running it, uh, hosting it, and uh, and uh, myself and Bill will be doing some doing some instructing there. And um, yeah, so it sort of it was more of a fundraiser, but but I am happy I am happy to be doing it as well. I'm not I'm not really someone that wants to do schools i just it's not really my thing but in saying that i i'm actually looking forward to it just being able to to share with a few people a few of my ideas and and help a few people out hopefully and um and yeah get them enjoying trialing and yeah and then will there be a focus on on something particular mate or just be going with the flow on the day really just we just say how it goes so people just bring uh, a couple of dogs and we'll just run we'll set up a, a like a course and we'll just we'll just go through runs and um i don't, I don't know how exactly we'll work yeah but probably myself or bill or maybe the person that's um that is having their run and maybe sort of give them some advice on the way try and improve their um some of their the way they're working the trial maybe and then um and then the other one and we'll sort of swap over might stand on the outside and show where people are losing points or could be losing points depending on the judge and and yeah like you, you go to a lot of trials and there's a lot of people a lot of people losing you know sort of five to oh, 20 points just themselves with a few things they're doing it might not even be points it might be just you know just not working uh, you know a force well or you know just the way they you know pick their sheep up or just something so both in because I mean, I'm not. I do hate that thing of you know having to save points, but it is kind of the name of the game nowadays, sort of thing. And um, it become very, very competitive, and you you can't just go and yeah, you can't go and sort of just wing it nowadays. You've got to put a bit into yeah. it, sort of thing. So just yeah. a few people out, and and it, yeah, just give us a bit of a chance to um, to yeah, just our ideas across. So yeah, should be good. There you go. Tonight, don't hesitate. Get hold of the boys there and uh, support that weekend for them. Uh, no doubt, you'll take plenty away from it. Yeah, thanks. Do you believe the trials? Too many. too many people. There you go. They two weekends now. Oh, yeah, it's not full yet, but it's it's not far off. So, yeah. well, there you go. Get in early. Do you believe that trials still stimulate real work scenarios? Scenarios. Um, there's definitely aspects and I, yeah, yes and no. Like, I mean, obviously we work a trial in a, in a bit of a different way, but, um, I, I just teaching you, I guess it, it sort of compares cause you're working stock, I guess. I guess that's how it is. Like obviously a drench race or, you know, you're working a gap in a three sheep or you're putting cattle through a gap in, so it's it's elements it's elements of it, but it's a very condensed and different version. But it all it all relates like I like trialing really bought like it was the start of me I guess um, working out how to work stock. I remember I remember when I was say jackarooing and I didn't when I first sort of didn't really have dogs and you'd go and move a mob of sheep and they were strung out half a k sort of thing. And then I remember then I got a couple of couple of dogs and I went like the complete opposite where they were all like, you know, bunched up together. I was really proud how oh, I've got all these sheep together, but you know, it wasn't, you know, you weren't be able to move them very quickly or you get to the yards and they're all shut down sort of thing. And so when I started trialing and watching and, you know, working it out on that sort of scale, I then worked out quickly that the, um, the you know, the, the way you move sheep, the way you didn't shut them down, the way you did your pick up and put them into the, and then you worked your your forces and things, kept them free and flowing the whole way around the course, and then bring that back into like you know going from fifteen or twenty sheep to you know five hundred or a thousand sheep or whatever, however many thousand sheep. You 
if you work them in the same way and don't shut them down, keep them free and flowing, they will walk further. If they're nice and free, you'll get them to the yards. They'll usually walk through the yards well. They'll usually draft well. Um, you know, and whether and then with cattle and things like that, you know, you if you shutting your cattle down, you then go and try and draft them. And every time you shoot a fly away or or sneeze, the cattle like you know either don't react or they do react too much. So it's just about you know how you treat your stock um, will then benefit you know say when you get to the yards or when you move the next time, whatever. So yeah, so I guess trialing trialing really taught me that I guess and how to relate it back at work. So, Well, it's good to see you got, took something away from it, you know, and continue. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, and definitely. And you feel, um, what do you feel is your best achievement so far or a special moment or special moments that stick out for you? Um, I have to say probably my, my favourite thing, it's not a win, but um, when I came um, second at the USD was probably my, that was probably my favourite thing, I think. So, um, yeah, just um, with the concept that we wanted to sort of do. And, um, yeah, we um, actually um, actually tied with Justin Toombs for the, for the first yeah. race and then we'd run in, we'd written in the rule book that if we, uh, if we tied, we had to, um, it would go to the quickest time and obviously stuffed around way too much and, and <laughs> Toombs in George came to win. So, yeah. So, uh, but that was that, yeah, that was my, cause it was just something I believed in. And um, so to do well at it was, um, yeah. I, yeah. I was really, really happy with that one. So. Do you get nervous at all? And how do you handle it if you do? Yeah. Um, I, I get nervous less uh, than I used to, but when I first, well, when I first started dog trialing and I, I should never have been, don't listen to this if you're thinking about starting trialing because it shouldn't be like this. But no, when I remember, I remember I used to put my entries in. But when I first started, there was very few. Um, there was very very few um, entry forms. You nearly rang. You nearly rang up someone's home number and and put put your entries in. And I remember putting my entries in, freaking out. And then for the week or two leading up to it, I'd be just thinking about it all the time. I wouldn't sleep the night before. I couldn't eat until after. I'd, had all my runs or run. yeah, I'm shocking, absolutely shocking. But it, um, I actually credit trialing to making me, um, you're just handling everything like work and everything so much better than I than I ever used to because I am a pretty shy kind of guy. So um, yeah, trialing's been really for me. But um, I I still get nervous, um, but not not as nervous. Like I, yeah, not like not not definitely not as nervous as that, but. Just, just a little bit, just a little bit nervous. But I nerves are good too. It's only you're nervous because you're proud of what you do and you want to do it well. If you're sort of not getting some sort of nerves, probably it doesn't mean enough to you. Maybe, maybe do something else. So yeah, yeah. very good point, mate. And um, we've touched on um, your con contribution to judging. Is there something that you see handlers struggle with um, around the course, and where do you believe they can improve? Oh, it's I like there's some really really good handlers. Like the people are handling their dogs like very well. Um, I see less people now with sheep smashing into into fences and things like that. It's really like the handling has improved a lot as a rule. Uh, it's definitely just reading their sheep. Like what I was saying about you know maybe not shutting your sheep down. Um, like I hear people say. Oh, Oh, you know, you got to watch your sheep, and and yes, you do you do have to watch your sheep? But it's not just a matter of watching your sheep; it's actually working your sheep. So, um, so I guess that's probably the bit of bit of stockmanship. I would think probably um, is the biggest thing. Um, um, yeah, that's probably that's probably the biggest thing, really. Stock bit of stockmanship. So, yeah, maybe letting your dogs work a bit more too, which has probably come from maybe. Um, the handlers improving, maybe just um, maybe sit their dog a little bit too much or not let their dog actually work because the dog will do it way better than they can. So sometimes you just got to let your dog do what it do what it's prepared to do. So away from dogs, do you have a hobby or talent that most people probably don't know about? Um, it's definitely not a talent, but I'm enjoying playing golf at the minute. But um, it's definitely <laughs> not a talent. 
definitely not a talent. It's, uh, Come on, yeah. I can think of one straight off the top of my head. You got a keen eye for a good photo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you've know, had other people comment on it as well. Hashtag iPhone Bandit. Every time I see you put a photo up, it's a cracker. It's absolute fella. So, mate, that, that's a talent in itself. But, and what advice would you give to someone that wants to pursue um, a career in the livestock industry? Um, well, it's it's definitely a good time to do it. Like, there's um, there's heaps of jobs out there, um, and the and the money's a lot better than it ever used to be. So it's a it's a good industry to be involved in. I guess probably sort of touched on it a bit before. Start don't don't sort of put too much pressure on yourself at the start. Uh, maybe go jackarooing or jillarooing, uh, work your way up. I think probably the biggest thing though is try and work under someone that you're going to will learn a lot off and um and someone that's going to treat you well because there's there's plenty of there's there's plenty of good people that will be able to give you a job so maybe don't just the first job maybe find out um just do a bit of research and try and get work under someone that can teach you and is is good to you that's probably yeah probably a big point so good advice mate definitely um, is there anyone you'd like to see us sit down and have a chat with on Dog Talk? Um, oh, Jake, Jake Nowlin, be, I'd love to hear a bit more what he's got to say. Um, um, yeah, maybe Justin Toombs, he'd be, he'd be cool. Or Dean Incher, yeah, Dean Incher yep. would be a good one to, good to hear. So, yeah. And uh, we know you're an avid listener there with your earphones in uh, during the day, mate. Is there yeah, anything particular... <laughs> Spotify guy, yeah. That's it. Is there anything particular you'd like to um to hear or even see on the website? Um no, not really. I think you've got most bases covered at the moment. Like, yeah, I do enjoy these. I am learning heaps from from everyone that I've listened to and yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying listening to them. So I, I don't know what more you could do. I think you're yeah, doing an awesome job. So um yeah, just keep going. Here's Glad one. you're enjoying it. How much are you going to learn from listening back to yourself? <laughs> I probably won't listen back to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I I've only started listening back in uh, this year because I couldn't do it last year because I couldn't hear my voice. Yeah. And we know Laura. No, Laura doesn't do it. She can't hear my voice either. I've started, but yeah. I don't like listening to myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you'll take something away from it, mate. So it's come to that time of the night, mate. Was there a particular question that stood out for you? Oh, geez. Um, oh, I'm trying to remember back to them all now. Um, you don't have to remember a name, but if you had a, had a question. Um, oh, what did Bree ask about the – did she ask one about the um, – Bree had a couple there. What was the one? Did she ask one about judging or something? Yes. Yep. She asked um, a dog handler duo team um, that stood out while yep. judging. Yeah, do that one. This is all about That's fantastic. Well, Bree, if you want to send us your details, I'm sure we've got there somewhere we could dig them up. Um, but if you want to send them to us, uh, that would be great. And um, we'll get a bag of Enduro Plus coming your way. Um, also, um, Maddie, as of today, Enduro are actually going to flick you a bag of dog food as well and um, our guests from here on out. So, mate, make sure you flick us yeah. your details as well and bag of Enduro coming your Excellent. way. Thanks, Enduro. Perfect. They're good to us, they are. They love supporting the dog talks, so we're very thankful for yeah. them. We'd like to thank all of our members for tuning in tonight and, um, of course, you, Matt, for your time. It's very much appreciated. Um, before you go, one more question. Would you rather fight one duck the size of a horse or 20 horses the size of ducks? Oh, I don't know. I think I think the 20 little horses would just freak me out. So I think I'd have to go the um, – I think I'd have to just go the, the big duck, I think. But that, that's probably yep. the only reason why. But I don't – I wouldn't fight. I'd just give it a big <laughs> <laughs> Just get your clicker out, mate, and just go nuts on get him. Get on <laughs> No, Maddie, thank you very much for your time tonight, mate. Much appreciated. No worries. 
And also thanks to everybody um, out there tonight for listening. And please remember, we learn every day, and the day we stop learning will be a sad one for all of us. Thank you.